This is The Guardian. I'm Jane Lee, coming to you from Wurundjeri land, and this is the full story. Last weekend, the final asylum seeker was quietly flown off the island nation of Nauru. But for over a decade, successive governments have held asylum seekers there in limbo, arguing that offshore detention will prevent more people from dying at sea. In that time, asylum seekers have been murdered by guards, taken their own lives, self-harmed and suffered sexual violence. And while many refugees are now trying to put the cruelty of Nauru behind them, the Albanese government is keeping the detention centre open for future boat arrivals. So is this the start of a new chapter or an enduring legacy? Today, the future of Australia's refugee policy. It's Thursday, the 29th of June. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Eden, the last asylum seeker on Nauru was flown to Australia on the weekend, and you've been speaking with a number of asylum seekers who've left the island over the last month. What did they tell you? So they've spoken about feeling like they've been forgotten during the years that they were detained there witnessing horrific abuse, experiencing a lot of trauma. Eden Gillespie is Guardian Australia's Queensland state reporter. I spoke with one refugee named Ali over the phone a fortnight ago while he was still in Nauru. Good to hear from you. Thank you so much. It's almost 10 years I've been here in Nauru. Ali has watched as hundreds of other asylum seekers left Nauru to be settled in Australia in the decade that he's been there. They got their uh, passport, like they got their citizenship, and we are still here. 23, 23, when I was young, now I'm old. Ali's told me that he told his wife that he's already in Australia and that he's living this great life. I've been in very good condition, but she don't know that I'm in Norway in the heart condition because I don't want, don't want to tell her, otherwise she get upset. And he told her that because he doesn't want her to be upset that he's actually been stuck in Nauru in a decade of limbo. You know, from last 10 years, now you're just telling me my name is Ali. But here everyone called me refugee. A bird in the golden cage, but it is still, still not, still we need a freedom. He feels that he's been politically used by the federal government to warn others about seeking asylum. They show to the world, you see, if you come to Australia, we will send you to Norway and you will stay 10 years there and you will destroy your life. 
should never, never, ever come to Australia by boat. But as of Saturday night, Ali and the rest of the asylum seekers detained on Nauru have put that chapter behind them. Uh, I will go on Monday. On Monday? Oh, wow. So Ali was flown to Australia on Monday. What options are open to him now? So for Ali, there is still a great deal of uncertainty. He has been granted a bridging visa. He was flown to Brisbane last Monday and he spent a short amount of time at the Brisbane Meriton Hotel being detained there. Now he's in the community, he's expected to work, he's been given a small amount of financial support, but he's still kind of waiting on his hands for Canada, he's in that resettlement process, for the Canadian government to make a decision about when he'll be resettled and also clarity about when he'll actually be reunited with his family. Mm. And what about the other asylum seekers who've been transferred off Nauru in recent weeks? They're not feeling like excited or relieved as such to be transported to Australia because there is still this like looming uncertainty over their heads. A lot of them are in processes to go to Canada or New Zealand or the US, but they don't really know when that's going to happen. So it still doesn't answer their questions about when they're going to be reunited with their family, when they're going to have permanent residency and when they can plan for their future. Two asylum seekers, though, will remain on the island for domestic legal reasons. And that last man to fly out of Nauru on Saturday is married to a Nauru citizen. He's currently detained at the Meriton in Brisbane. We understand that he's the last person there. So it just seems to be that they're catering to the person's individual circumstances. But a lot of them are still in limbo waiting for certainty about when they'll be given permanent residency in another third country. Mm. And since Australia restarted its offshore processing system on Nauru about 12 years ago, how many asylum seekers have been detained there? Yeah, so the number of asylum seekers on the island peaked in 2014 at 1,233. And the last five people to be detained on the island were sent there the following month. Mm. This policy was only supposed to be temporary, but obviously has lasted more than a decade. There's been a huge physical and mental toll on those who've been detained there in this limbo. There's been suicides, sexual violence, self-harm attempts and child abuse. And really sadly, tragically, at least 14 people have died in offshore detention since it was restarted in 2012. And that includes being murdered by guards through medical neglect and by suicide. And really, it was not until March of this year that we finally saw the government steadily evacuating the people who were left. This is a milestone in Australia's immigration history, the fact that there are no refugees left in detention on Nauru. What have asylum seeker advocates said about this moment in time? So obviously human rights groups and refugee advocacy groups are welcoming the end of offshore processing on Nauru. One of the refugees that had spent some time on Nauru, Bethlehem Tabibu, she said, you know, all her friends are so happy this week and We don't have to lose any more friends. People don't have to get sick. No more trauma, no more fear. They're also concerned, though, that there's been suffering and irreparable damage done in indefinite detention on the island, and that will always remain. She said that Nauru had killed us mentally and called Nauru hell, um, said it was a place where we lost our lives. And refugee advocates really wanted to remind Australians that while the final flights have taken off and there are no refugees on Nauru anymore, Australia will still retain an enduring capacity for offshore processing on the island. And of course, we still have the issue of Papua New Guinea where there are still 80 refugees and asylum seekers held in PNG, most in Port Moresby. And spokesperson from the Department of Home Affairs said ahead of the final flight off Nauru that Australia's border policies have not changed. 
The spokesperson said that offshore processing remained a key pillar of the government's Operation Sovereign Borders. So I think it's really important to remember that this is not really the end. Refugees could be sent to Nauru at any time at a giant cost to the taxpayer. What do you imagine your your life looking like? Like what would be something that you would be happy doing or um, would be a good result for you in the future? Uh, as I told you, I, I just want uh, a simple, peaceful life. It, it doesn't matter it's Canada, Australia, America, everywhere. I just want to have a peaceful life with my, with, with my wife, wherever it is, it is Canada, New Zealand, everywhere. Next, Chief Political Correspondent Paul Karp on why Labor is keeping Nauru's detention centre open. Hey, Jane Lee here. I'm one of the hosts of Full Story. And I want to tell you about a way you can catch up on some of The Guardian's award-winning journalism. It's in print and it gets delivered to your door no matter where you are in Australia. The Guardian Weekly magazine is our global news magazine, which features in-depth articles, including pics from Guardian Australia's editors. It comes out once a week and it can help you make sense of a busy news cycle. You can currently sign up and buy your first 12 issues for $12. That's just a dollar an issue. But this offer won't be around forever, so go and subscribe today at theguardian.com forward slash weekly Australia. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Paul, as Eden's told us, over the last month, the Albanese government has directed the final dozen refugees and asylum seekers to be transferred off Nauru. What led to this decision? Well, at Senate Estimates, uh, the Department of Home Affairs Secretary Michael Pizzullo said it was government policy and its direction to the department to reduce the population to zero and transition the facility to an enduring contingency. The moment you enter into any kind of contingency arrangement, you're going to have a number of fixed costs, which are independent of the number of persons uh, making use of the amenities or the facilities in that capability. Which means get the people out, but keep the processing centre open. This government, devoid of a heart, devoid of any human compassion, devoid of empathy. You you might remember in previous parliaments there were very fierce debates about medical evacuation of refugees. Labor and the crossbench were able to pass a bill against the the coalition's wishes. Order the result of the division is I 75, no 74. The question is therefore resolved in the affirmative. 
to require in some circumstances for medical evacuation back to Australia, even where the minister didn't agree with that. The coalition will move to repeal the Medivac laws when Parliament returns. Now that bill got repealed when the coalition came back into majority government. The decision overrules a key measure in the original legislation, which the government claims will, quote, open the floodgates. But then when Labor took office, they were systematically uh, basically using that as an opportunity whenever there was a medical issue to take people off Nauru. A surprise bus ride to a long-awaited bridging visa. The 20 refugees released today have been given no explanation for the sudden decision to let because fewer boats have been coming to Australia or, or, and no boats have successfully come to Australia, the processing centre has not been filling up. That means the people that have been there have been there for a very long period of time and many of them are experiencing, you know, complex trauma and, and medical issues. And basically, rather than pass another law forcing, you know, the government to take people off the island under certain circumstances, Labor just got on with it and took people off where they could. Paul, the detention centre on Nauru is going to remain open. Why is that? So essentially it's a contingency in the case of future boat arrivals, but it's a very expensive one. Those home affairs uh, officials told estimates that it's going to cost about $350 million a year just to keep it open. And, And really it's about preserving that deterrent, being able to say, oh, look, we haven't changed the policy settings. If people smugglers were to attempt another venture, then this is where people would be going. And so it's it's trying to deter people from taking that journey to begin with by trying to eliminate any suggestion that you'll be able to stay in Australia if you hop on a boat. I mean, Labor and the Coalition were both committed to keeping mandatory and offshore processing in place at the last election. So, can we really see a difference between the approach that Labor and the opposition take on asylum seekers and refugees to Australia? Well, mandatory detention is still policy. Offshore processing is still policy. That deadline of in 2013, if you arrived after that date, you will never be allowed to settle in Australia is still policy. But, you know, Labor has made improvements to try and make the process more humane. The Prime Minister moving to fulfil his election promise. This government will continue to be tough on borders without being weak on humanity. They promised to limit mandatory detention to 90 days and to bring people offshore onto the mainland. They uh, promised to abolish temporary protection visas to allow 19,000 refugees to stay permanently in Australia. It is a move that's been welcomed by advocates, the Greens and independents. But the opposition warns it will only encourage people smugglers. And they also promised to increase the humanitarian intake to 27,000 people a year and community-sponsored refugee places to 5,000 a year. So there are differences, but in the key planks of Operation Sovereign Borders in terms of turning back boats where it's safe to do so, offshore detention and third country resettlement, i.e. not allowing anyone to settle permanently in Australia, they still agree with the coalition. The Australian government's decision to resolve legacy temporary visa caseloads does not change how Australia protects its borders. If you attempt an illegal maritime journey, you will not settle in Australia. You have zero- this milestone, this development that there are no longer any asylum seekers or refugees on Nauru is, is a pretty 
big one in the sort of history of this policy. But the Albanese government didn't announce this development or issue a press release or hold a press conference on it. It's just sort of something that they've gone about quietly doing, removing more and more asylum seekers from the island. Why do you think that is? I think they don't want to uh, give the impression that there is any difference in the policy between Labor and the Coalition because they don't want to encourage boats to come again. And they probably also don't want scrutiny on the cohort of people who are in Australia at the moment who are not going to be allowed to stay because they're going to be sent to third country resettlement like in New Zealand or elsewhere. So there are people that came after that deadline, spent you know uh, up to a decade in Nauru, have come to Australia because they have medical issues and are here for several years but will not ultimately be allowed to stay. And I don't think they want any media attention on on that, lest there's a suggestion from the coalition that they've softened the policy and that those people might be allowed to stay. Well, joining me now is the Shadow Home Affairs Minister, James Patterson. James, welcome to the program. If this report is right, why do you think there'll be a flood of new arrivals? The danger here is that people smugglers are watching this very closely and they are selling to their clients the story that a new government is in town, it's not as strong as on borders as the previous one, and if you can get through the cracks, you might be able to settle in Australia. Now, that's a very dangerous message. If they believe that that's true, if they get on those boats again, then we could very easily find ourselves back in that terrible world where we... And it's been an incredibly sensitive issue for Labor over the years. At the 2015 National Conference, they changed their policy to endorse boat turn backs, but it's been hugely contentious. At several elections, they've been targeted by the coalition, you know, dredging up all the quotes from Labor left MPs opposed to turnbacks to suggest that Labor was going to change their policy. It's one of the things Anthony Albanese had to promise not to change before he, he ran for the Labor leadership. And you might remember at the 2022 election. Forces just dropped now that a, a, a vessel has been intercepted in an attempt to illegally enter Australia from... That last minute scare campaign of border force publishing a press release about an attempted boat journey that was then weaponised by the Liberal Party with text messages to marginal seats. What's your response to that? Well, I can confirm that, uh, that there has been an interception of a vessel en route to Australia. Um, that vessel has been intercepted in accordance with the policy. The Liberal Party suggesting that this indicated that, you know, the people smugglers knew there was going to be a change under Labor and they were testing what was going to come if you voted Labor at the election. Anthony Albanese says it was a clear breach of caretaker conventions and a desperate attempt to politicise border security while votes were being cast. So they're very sensitive about all, all those things and they just want to quietly get people off Nauru with as little fanfare and, you know, mission accomplished boasting as possible. The Gillard government initially reopened offshore processing on Nauru back in 2010 in order to prevent deaths at sea. But how effective was this as a policy? Well, the Gillard government reopened Nauru and then was in talks with PNG. I think it was really turbocharged by Kevin Rudd when he took the leadership back and because he he set that deadline where no one was going to be uh, allowed to, to settle in Australia and everyone was going to go to offshore processing and eventually third country resettlement. And Labor lost the election and Tony Abbott came in uh, and that that brought you know, the full suite of Operation Sovereign Borders, including uh, boat turnbacks. And, you know, it's it's hard to disentangle 
those policies one from the other, like was it offshore detention, was it the turnbacks? Uh, but we know that, that that combination has has stopped successful people smuggling ventures, although there are still some boats that do attempt the journey. So given that the government is committed to spending $350 million a year to keep this centre open for potential future boat arrivals, what do you think this moment really represents? Well, if you ask the government, they will say that the $350 million cost is worth every penny because that is part of the suite of policies that deters people from making boat journeys to begin with. So, like, really, it stands there as a monument to the triumph of the cruelty of the Operation Sovereign Borders policies at preventing people from making the boat journey to begin with. So we're prepared to do whatever it takes. We're prepared to turn back boats, even if that means remain languishing in another country rather than seeking asylum in Australia. We're prepared to send you to Nauru if if you were uh, to make it successful people smuggling venture, and some people have been there upwards of a decade. But over time, together, these policies have meant there have been no successful boat journeys. This means that people are not at risk from deaths at sea as much, and that that is worth going through everything that we've done. And in a way, it's instrumentalised, you know, the people who were left there languishing on Nauru to deter another group of people, you know, from making that journey to begin with. But we can now point to an empty, you know, regional processing centre in Nauru and say, look, it worked. We were able to stop people coming. And that's why I describe it as the triumph of cruelty. That was Paul Karp, Chief Political Correspondent for Guardian Australia. And earlier, you also heard from Eden Gillespie. She's our Queensland state reporter. You can find out more about Nauru from a really great feature article that Eden has written with our colleague Ben Doherty. It takes us back to the history of why Nauru was reopened by the Gillard government in the first place, and also the impact that this policy has had, not just in Australia, but also internationally on other countries' immigration policies. It's a really great read. I highly recommend it. It's called Australia to Move Last Refugee from Offshore Processing on Nauru, but its cruelty and cost are not over. We'll post a link to that article on the Full Story website. That's it for today. This episode was produced by Miles Herbert, Karishma Luthria, myself and Camilla Hannon, who also did the sound design and mixing. Our theme music was composed by Joe Koning and the executive producers for this episode were Hannah Parks and Miles Martignoni. I'm Jane Lee. Thanks for listening. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? 
Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. 